Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Previously on Crash and Fourier. You guys know that Dolphins can get stoned? Me, this has got to be like pre-teen Dolphins, right? Just up to no good, not going to school, not listening to the parents. Yeah, that's what it says, right? It, or, it says young Dolphins. Yeah. This is Gresh and Fourier. I think it's too early to say he's there, but I think it's safe to say he's the only one now chasing what Brady was able to accomplish. Mahomes, where he's at compared to where Brady was at his career, he's ahead. Like, that's great. But playing 23 years in the NFL isn't promised. Andy Gresh. I think Boston's still working. I'm not going to completely rule them out on, on Snell or certainly on Montgomery, whose wife is in training there to be a doctor. So, uh, Boston may not stay quiet. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Christian Fourier. I know the fan base wants, again, this total break from everything that was old in New England. I kind of differ in that. I think the whole, like, let's not do anything that Bill Belichick did is absolutely lunatic. And I think the world that Josh McDaniels was so bad in New England is also ridiculous. Gresh and Fourier right now. Woo! Rub them all over those nipples, baby. On W. U-E-E-I. Oh, was that somebody making sense? What's that? Who was that? About was that now? Jason About... or Devin McCourty? I can't tell. I think Devin. Okay, that's Devin. Guess. Oh, because yeah. Devin's usually a guest, uh, you know, every uh, Thursday morning. Of course it was Devin. Yeah. Look at him making sense. How about Not wanting to swing the... from one side to the next. Not everything was bad down there. Well, no, no, just, no, 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 it was no, 100% no. is. And I would like to no, I would like right. to say a big thank you and yes. I appreciate all the people out there on Twitter or X who are routinely um like, you know, finding clips and videos of games and situations and, you know, Brady running around scrambling, throwing passes across his body, making, you know, crazy freaking plays for the past 23 years. I just thank you for that. Because I think people forget and they can look at Patrick Mahomes rolling to his right and throwing the ball 50 yards down the field. Oh it doesn't mean that he's better. Anyway, I, I, you know what? Nick, screw you. Wait a minute. What? Where did that get? That was a hard. I mean, you you just drove it right into the median there. What the hell? I decided screw you. I was feeling I need to curse at somebody. Good. And he was the first. He's the easiest name to say. Man, oh man, I didn't realize it was uh, it was building up at that level. Good morning to the uh, Twitchers. Good morning to those watching on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, type in W E E I, or watch us on that live stream. And that chat on YouTube is unregulated, whereas the Twitch chat, you can't say mean things. Or, well, you can. You just have to do it the right way. Text at 37937. Quickly, before we uh, get to a little bit of the digging on the uh, Red Sox and FSG and stuff like that, uh, what body part will Jermaine Wiggins injure tomorrow when he skis, uh, when the Greg Hill Show heads to Loon? Okay, I can tell you. uh, This is easy. Uh, number one body part that he will come back with an issue because he's skiing, right? He's not snowboarding. Uh, correct. Okay. So his, uh, his, uh, knee left or right. Doesn't matter. Okay. One of his knees, um, 
uh, his uh, his butt bone. Ooh, my knees. So the tailbone. The tailbone. That was Courtney. That yep. was Courtney's. Pick. Okay, and here's the one that he's probably not paying attention to. Okay, probably his wrist. Most people, a lot of people, will break their wrist because they try to, you know, you know, break you know, their fall, break their fall, and they end up, you know, hairline fracture. It's small. They may not even know they broke their wrist, but they'll just, it'll hurt. It'll be painful. And next thing you know, yeah. And especially if he's going to ski at nine a.m., yeah, my gut tells me it's going to be icy, slippery, and like concrete. So you are a uh, an accomplished skier. I would, again, well, I'm a you, snowboarder. Okay, but my kids have skied, and they've all had those injuries: the wrist, the two of them had the wrist, the groin, little groin pull. No, no way. groin pulls, but the knee. I had the knee. Oh, uh, yeah. son had the had the butt bone and falling down, and then of course it's uh, you know the the one that the most uh, the one that you probably regret the most is when you face plant. You know, nothing works. You can't brace yourself with your wrists, with your hands, with you your knees. Scorpion going there. Yeah, you just got you just go right into it. Yeah, and it's just everybody's like, ooh, helmet flies off, glasses, goggles fly off. One ski's falling down. Someone's trying to grab it for him. His coat will be unzipped because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's gonna look sloppy as hell. Top of the world to you says thumb, and that would be thumb a, because when you put your hand down, if you don't put it down right. Your thumb is the first thing that hits the ground. That's how people jack yeah. their thumbs up. It's usually the wrist. Cause it, Could it's you imagine Wiggy breaking his right thumb and then having all of the issues that come with that? Trying to write, trying to wipe your hind end. He'd have a real issue. The problem is like he's not he's going down a bunny slope. So it's not like he's gonna really gather much now speed we, and I, he's not gonna and he can just pizza snow plow to slow himself down. I right? know it's not like a black diamond slope, but I don't Even know. Even if it's a but, blue but apparently, or green. But it's not like just flat with a small grade down. He's still going down a hill, isn't he's he? He's never skied before in his life, right? Yeah, correct. City kid. Not yeah. even some after-school program where they take the young inner-city kids and they take them up to the mountain. I grew up hillbilly <laughs> until fifteen. I have never. I've been to a. Uh, I've been to the ski. I've been to what is it? The Omni Mount Washington, but it was during the summer to go play golf. Oh, so it wasn't. I've never gone skiing. I've never entered to like I would. Admittedly, would love to go to the top of a hill and jump in a one of those like inner tube things. Just to see what kind of speed I would get and would I completely scare myself. That'd be kind of fun. You, to so you want to go tubing? If I could, I'd jump out of an airplane. The problem is I'm yeah. a little large for that. Yeah. So like so all the things and you I miss like out roller on. Coasters. Oh yeah, being a large owner. Yeah, you miss out people, on a lot. You know, it's great that you can like push people around at the mall on Christmas <laughs> Eve or at least before you know before the mall. So run like away. bungee jumping, no. No. Uh, uh, roller coasters, it's like, oh, we gotta get the extender for you, big guy. Well, uh, you know what it is, is that <laughs> it's the shoulders uh, that get me. And I always make sure that the guy would like push and I would hear the click and yeah. I'm like, hold on, yeah. make sure I'm okay. Because I love, honest to God, like that Batman ride where your feet are yeah. dangling. Oh, I love that. I love it. If I was you, like, I, I think that I like have an issue, but I don't. But I, I always get nervous when you get on a roller coaster and some 16 year old who's like, has been trained, but not really ever paid attention. Yeah. I just want to hear the click. Yep. I just want to hear the click. Yeah, and Listen, I, I didn't hear I'll it. Okay. I mean, don't leave yet. Right. I, 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 start over. I didn't hear the click. I'm not. I'm not letting this thing little leave the little station until I hear the click. Uh, the uh, the four one three. If uh, Wiggy did hurt his thumb, no four hours of Call of Duty with a busted right. thumb. That, yeah. that would hurt too. Yeah, he needs to stop playing that anyways. Why? Because he needs to do something more productive with his time. 
other than, my, than uh, playing video games. My youngest last night, uh, my wife was in the other room doing something, and my youngest goes, here and play Madden, because I'm learning how to play on the Xbox now, All the because the, the buttons are different than the PlayStation, which is what I'm used to. I played like two games of Madden with my kid last yeah. night. I'm trying to teach him a little. I can't do it. I'm trying to teach him a little bit too. I the whole zone coverage. Oh God, thing. you're like giving coaching I, I, points well, while your feet are playing Madden. Well, What's wrong with you? He asked me. He was like, "Tell me what I don't know." I'm like, "Well, when you're running out the clock, don't throw it on second down and uh, get an incompletion." I, I mean, the, the, you know the last he never played, so you know he he's trying to catch up. The last game I played, the last video game I played, like religiously. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you even know this game, but you probably do. Donkey Kong? No, 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 no. Crash Bandicoot. What? Yeah. Crash Anybody you guys Bandicoot, ever Crash Bandicoot was like PlayStation's version of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I played that enough. when I was like, I, and, like and I played it. Spin into some boxes and then off you go. You yeah, I played it so much. Spinning into some the, what? Bo- boxes. You oh, that. yeah. Oh, and just since we're on the topic of video games, uh, February 1st, 1989, Tecmo Bowl was released for the oh. Nintendo Entertainment, Entertainment System in North America. That I was obsessed with. Now, if you look, I, I'm going to retweet this just for, you know, just for the humor of it, you know, and it is when you look at the graphics and you look at how slow everything was, when you look at like who was on the cover of it and how lame it was, I was obsessed with this game. I have never heard of it. You've and never played Tecmo Bowl. Like, sure oh, Bo no, Jackson. no, no, you're, you're, yeah, get Bo uh, your hedgehog deal. Oh, oh no. Crash Bandicoot! No, you never no. heard of Tecmo Bowl yeah. is the greatest video game ever. ever. It laid the groundwork for Madden. That and then Super Tecmo Bowl when they went from six plays to eight. <laughs> oh my god! That's when it was really fun because you really, you, you you just had no. You just you pick a couple runs and a couple passes, you know. And if you really wanted to kind of you know hedge your bets or really like you know you know make it you know you know give yourself a better chance to win, you just make sure you're. Bo Jackson. You know what other one is a play that I always used? I was the Bills. It was the play action. Jim Kelly faked to Thurman Thomas <laughs> and a bomb to Andre Reed worked every time. Oh, I love it. Just like Bo Jackson, everybody would just run around with Bo Jackson. You could find the certain plays. But if you but you know, it's it's not like Madden. There's a two hundred and fifty plays on it's each too much. one. It's way too much. Uh Fourier, somebody in the uh Twitch chat here, I am S C Davis said they have Bandicoot on Xbox now. Really? So it's like a so they all they bring they bring back all the retro games. Yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. Still making them. I think so. They're not bringing it back. I think they're still going. Well, yeah, I think it's the you have to adapt them from like sixty four bit what it would have been in nineteen eighty eight or whatever to the uh, the technology of today. Well, good luck to the Greg Hill show as they head to Loon Mountain and hopefully uh, if Greg stops and gets his uh, roast beef, his driver of the day doesn't have to deal with those beef. <sighs> can our farts can and- our lunchtime parlay? Can we have like two different bets and we can we take like side bets to see. Like who's going to be late for tomorrow's show, or is it just uh, yeah. is it the obvious answer, Greg? Yeah, I think uh, I it's think just, the odds not would even be like heavily worth... weighted. He, right, he would be the minus one, yeah. probably fifty five favorite. Yeah. It's easily going to be him. Well, you know, Foyer, uh, we have been hard on the Red Sox, and rightfully so, because they are not spending money. And, you know, you heard a little bit in the open, John Heyman's latest, I wouldn't count out the Red Sox for da-da-da-da-da. It's like, shut I, up, I'm so dude. sick of John Heyman. Yeah. Going, oh, they're almost there, and it's quiet for a reason. Yeah. Shut up. You're just, you're just like, you're just part of the, just, you're part of the problem. So the information we're about to bring you, is the reason why you've maybe been a little hoodwinked because there was the report out there that the Fenway Sports Group, and of course it's Henry and Werner, 
are making a $3 billion investment into the PGA Tour. Eh, so you think, oh, well, that's where all the money is going. Not so fast. So this uh, investment is through the Strategic Sports Group. So this $3 billion, Christian, it's a billion and a half now, and then a billion and a half later. So $3 billion, let's already cut it in half. And then you look at the amount of people who are in this venture who are investing. It's not just John Henry and Tom Warner. You have Steve Cohen from down in New York, the Brewers owner, Mark Adanasio, Arthur Blank, Wick Grosbeck, Mark Lazary of, uh, I think it's Avenue Sports Fund. He's the guy who leads that. So let's just say that this was chopped evenly in terms of this investment. Or even John Henry put up $1 billion of the $3 billion. Well, you're still cutting it in half, and you got all these other people, and you continue to, to look at all this. The $1.5 billion may be injected by the SSG's consortium of investors. So it's $3 billion. But the initial investment is 1.5. And if it's being chopped up amongst all these people, then you could look at it and say, wow, look at John Henry taking all that money and going elsewhere. This is the furthest thing from defending the guy. Because now what we're realizing is, is that at worst, maybe the guy had to pull out, what, $400 million, let's say, to be a part of this initial run. That's not so much money that you still can't spend on the Red Sox. So it's another one of these, don't pull wool over our eyes, don't fall for it. And even in reality, they are investing in other stuff, which is what good, smart sports portfolios do because they're there to make money. But if you thought that it was just $3 billion going to that, it isn't from them. And they could still spend, but they're making a conscious choice not to, which furthers me on my... They're going to sell this thing at some point. I know that was a big sort of uh, intel there, but it really does. Like for those who are just like, oh, they're throwing their money elsewhere. No, it's still in their pocket. They're just, you know, a part of what is a big investment and in something that they hope clicks and that Live Golf doesn't run them over. Yes, and 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 Live Golf doesn't keep poaching all their players. Some try kind of, somehow try to convince the players that are still playing in the PGA Tour, like they're going to got equity create some sort whatever. of incentive. It was. It is funny though. Like I know we got a break, but there was this. Uh, initially, it was kind of laid out like it was just John Henry. That's what. That's the initial. Like, and you're like, oh. would lead you to believe yeah. that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's why he's not spending any money. Well, no, you find out there's other billionaire owners of other franchises, other sports teams. You know, that are also getting involved in this. You're like, huh. By the way, Brewers fans are pissed that their owner, that guy Adonacio, is a part of it because apparently he don't spend like the he doesn't spend the way they want them to out there. And they've been decent at times. And they've had they've they've had their chances. They were in position no a couple of times to kind of make a run, but okay. But at least they listen, they they were winning more than the Red Sox were. So you're saying so you're saying before before we really get into it, that this is just another like what? Like, uh, excuse? It's another nominal investment for a billionaire. And there will be those who will be like, well, they're putting all their money into that. No, my contention is they're still putting the money in their pocket. This is just an investment that is not 
$3 billion out of pocket right now, where if, you know, somebody came in and, and bought the Red Sox at 3 or $3.5 billion, you got to have the liquidity to do that. you got to have a big portfolio, all that kind of stuff. This is nothing more than what would be considered, I mean, it's a, it's a big number investment, but it, that's what these guys do. There was nothing here that would make you be like, oh, they sunk all their money into that. No, they're not silly either. Who would sink $3 billion of just their own dough into the PGA Tour where they're poaching these guys? Anyway, uh, tonight, Celtics-Lakers. Rivalry? Maybe? Still? Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, more Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. And streaming on WEEI.com. Oh, is this for the Patriots OC deal? Is that... uh, Nick Cayley finalist, they're running in circles again here in terms of trying to find the latest. Uh, hey, I heard, Christian, that Sean McVay's driver with the Rams. Oh, is he a candidate? Might be a candidate. Really? Connected to McVay. You know what? His hairdresser, too. I see the I guy heard. that handles his wife's, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. wardrobe is uh, also flying in also. Yep, there you go. It is, right. a, it is kind of amazing how they just... They're obsessed with that tree. They're obsessed with that whole, I don't sure. know, world. Yeah, I'd, uh, a, a, uh, tight pants for everybody. And, uh, yeah, who knows? But we will keep you updated on, uh, uh, and uh, we are hearing that a Sean McVay ex-girlfriend <laughs> who's called plays on Madden because she was with Sean McVay might get a crack. We don't know. We'll find out. Um. We know that the Patriots are going backwards. The Red Sox have. <laughs> Christian, tonight. Who's, who's gone farther backwards? Oh, the my Red God. Sox, oh, it's good, sorry. We're who's gone farther yet. backwards? <laughs> we, who's it, farther backwards at the moment? It feels, the like, Red the Sox, Reds, yeah, it feels like the Red, the Red Sox, Sox have the lead. Only, oh, my God. Absolutely. Only because we haven't had a season yet. You know, give it give it uh, this time next year, and then we'll really be able yeah, to evaluate. Yeah, it's like the Red Sox are, like, farther ahead of admitting that they don't give a crap and they don't want to spend money. So they're actually massive lead over the Patriots. So is Boston against the Lakers the best rivalry we have right now because you and I have talked about how the Red Sox Yankees rivalry has I mean good lord it's not even close to what it was 20 years ago it's not even close to what it was 10 years ago I you know they're rivals and you you're kind of brought up to hate the Yankees but I don't know if there are New age Red Sox fans who are like, by God, I want them to just burn in hell the way it used to be before they won a championship in 04. Not a chance. I don't think the city of all the teams. Well, okay. Um, Do we even have. First of all, one? they're not. First of all, let's go into the criteria. Let's kind of break that down. There needs to be some sort of built up animosity, there needs to be some real hardcore, old school 
old-fashioned hate. There's got to be stakes, whether it's hate or both teams are yeah. good fighting for something yeah. in the playoffs. Or something, yeah, something that you did. Like the Jets, there was always that hatred because of Bill and everything else. But in the, the, the but their rivals changed. The, the Red Sox and the Yankees, will, it's like it'll never be the same as it used to be unless there's a fight, unless the managers go at it. Like they have to kind of somehow start it over again. The Celtics, on the other hand, like they probably have the best chance to have like a real rival. And I would say right now it seems like it's the Heat, maybe Milwaukee a little bit, possibly. But the, the, reason, Philly. the reason I mentioned the Lakers is because. When uh, the big three were here, not the Bird big three, but the Garnett big three, and you got NBA finals against the Lakers, my God. I mean, not only was it big business, it resonated with people around here. It was, you know, the old the old man who would be, uh, you know, playing Keno in the back of a pick and save or something like that. Uh, dragging on the cigarette. I remember the 80s. This is going to be awesome. You know what I mean? There was that element of it. That's why the Red Sox Yankees was such a big deal, although the Red Sox were the hammer. And they're the ones that kind of, because at one point in time, we might have said the Ravens were yeah. were the Patriots' rival, when in reality, now that that Patriot run is over with, we're like, ah, okay, you were just kind of a blip on the, the Patriots radar. The always had like a moving target and then for the the best part about the the Patriots whole dynasty it was I mean was probably like the Colts. Well, here's the thing. It was never How really How much does the individual star play into it because someone in the Twitch chat I'm going to try to find it cuz I I'd, I'd like to credit them. Like Jimmy Gatsby says Celtics Knicks is a better rivalry. I'm not so sure about that. Dark and stormy nights. LeBron versus Boston. Is Kyrie it, versus Boston. Well, Harden versus Boston. Yeah, see, I don't feel with Kyrie there is the animus of he porked. Ooh, us. Draymond Green okay, versus Boston. The but, Warriors. That was a good one. But what? But that was team oriented as well. I mean, that was you're you're trying to slay the proverbial dragon that is like Steph Curry and stuff like that. So because I got no beef with Steph Curry. No, even no. Though, Clay Thompson and freaking Draymond Green, who we'll hear from later, can kick rocks. Tell me, focus on the Celtics. Is okay. there so there's so there's got to be a team who has been in their way. So if you look at like uh, if you go back to the eighties, it was uh, what was Philadelphia? It was, it was Philly. It was like L.A. It was like Boston, and, and then, then it was Detroit. like Detroit, mm -hmm. and then Chicago had to get through Detroit, right? So yep. there was always like a a team that was building and setting it up and they had to kind of overcome this massive amounts of failure and and not you know advancing and losing to the team that had all the right players right yep and it finally finally detroit passes through finally chicago uh, breaks through they beat la right and then you go to and then you just i don't know if they then it's san antonio because they were kind of ruling everything and then the warriors came through you know then the lakers had more more life but the celtics give me a team right now that has been their nemesis. This is not a rivalry. Pretty bad. They always kick our ass. Yeah, like for, for Philly, I can understand them holding a grudge against Boston. But Boston, who has been their nemesis? Who has been the one team that is always like, like the big brother that's always kind of puts them in check when it really matters? Yeah, I guess in the short, it might be Miami. But I don't have the feel of like Celtics-Miami the way I do... Celtics Lakers 
or even, and again, like Harden's off the 76ers. That was a lot of, for me anyway, that was a lot of the, oh, God, please go shut that guy up. Like, go beat their ass. Because I like Joel Embiid. You know, he can be a bit of a dink sometimes, but you can respect the guy as a player. So the heat with Philadelphia, for me, only comes in and out because Harden was there. The Nets, there was the big trade, but it never worked out. The Nets never meant anything. I guess maybe Milwaukee because so they don't have one. They kind of don't right now. No, they don't. There isn't a team in the city that has a natural rival. Uh, hold on. I mean, yeah. they have natural rivals. Right, right, right. No, I mean, a, a, a significant rival. There isn't one. Bruins Canadians always did it for me. But four out of the last six years, actually, you can go back to really 2015. Since Montreal has been relevant, and I know there'll be someone who'll be like, "Well, they made the Cup Finals." Yeah, they made the Cup Finals in the COVID year when they were only playing against teams. When they when they kept all the Canadian right, they finished like 18th overall in the standings, but went to the Stanley Cup Final because of the you know goofy way they set that up. But otherwise, they've been first round outs or haven't even made the playoffs. So in a way. What the Red Sox are to the Yankees in terms of the Red Sox with last place finishes and stuff like that, even the steam has kind of been taken out of Bruins Canadians at this point. Bruins Hurricanes might be the closest one. I was going to say. Well, that's the one now based on competitiveness. Of the like, last two, three years. Well, and that's, again, I know we're in a bit of like a fruity whip headache discussion in a way because, you know, are you only rivals? Because you're in each other's way in the playoffs for multiple years? Uh, is it you hate this other team because of this particular player? Bruins Maple like, Leaf is always fun. Well, but I don't know how many people hate the Cleveland Cavaliers. But good God, when LeBron was on the Cavs, people hated the Cavs around here. That was more LeBron related. And Nick, even to your point on Bruins Toronto, good. Hockey Hardo loves it. But I don't think sort of that the, they're the, the big brother to the Maple Leafs stopping them from getting to the second round for like six years. And and maybe that's where we're looking at and being like, okay, you we're like, uh, great, you, we beat you guys all the time. I like, and I would even say the Celtics used to have a feel. The Celtics don't even really have a guy on their team that other teams hate. It used to be Marcus Smart. It used to be Grant Williams. Good they point. don't even have a guy that's like. You know, annoying, who's the, irritating. Who's the villain? They, they don't have one. They right. don't, they're all a bunch of nice guys that do the right thing, that try really hard and, you know, support each other. Like, there's no animosity or anger that you could direct at anybody on that team right now. Missoula might be the one guy that somebody in another market could be like, you would crack on, make fun of them. Missoula is also the kind of guy who would say a little something that might be biting or sort of sting an opponent a little bit to where maybe he could become the bad guy. But you're right. There's no Draymond Green on the cell. Well, they they don't have they they're just a they're just a very likable crew, mm-hmm. okay, with good intentions. And you're right about Missoula. Uh, because Missoula like they like so you know the girl that likes the bad guy. Oh yeah. Uh, there's not a guy on that team. They were like, uh, you know, Ume uh, Udoka was that guy. Oh, okay, he was like yeah, he's the bad he boy. Okay, they, they they like him. Swords, but here's the thing with Missoula, which I think is interesting. I do think uh, part of his philosophy this year is to draw as much criticism and attention to himself, whether it's real or fake. He doesn't talk about other teams. Country club. He doesn't comment on other players. He doesn't care about other trades. He doesn't give a crap. And it's kind of refreshing in a way 
And he'll just see it. Like, I'm not talking about uh, who is it? Uh, who got traded to the Pacers um, a while ago? Um, well, Pascal Siakam. Uh, Siakam. They were going to ask. They were trying to ask him about, hey, what do you think about that? Hey, look at the Pacers guy. I don't care. He just doesn't care. Now, maybe he does. You know, maybe he's obviously aware of it. But I like his approach where he's just willing to kind of, you know, rub people the wrong way, say some cryptic stuff, kind of be, you know, a little evasive. Also, at the same time, be direct, you know, challenge you, be all up in your face. But none of these other guys are doing it. Well, there is the part of me that does wonder how much of the history of a rivalry matters. Like if the 76ers got really good and it was four straight years of Celtics 76ers in an Eastern Conference final, then a lot of the old kind of memories would come back. But that's the other thing, too. And this is not a critique of the modern sports fan. It's more a critique of probably the generation of 30 and under, whereas they don't know what they don't know. And they don't know as much history. And unless you're, you know, uh, have someone in your house who's an older Celtic fan that can tell you about some of those older rivalries, you might not even be exposed to a lot of this stuff, which is why I do think some people go down the road of, Oh, it's not that team versus mine. It's LeBron versus my team. And and it becomes about the superstar. Uh, Dan in Southbridge, Gresham Fourier. Hi, Dan. How you guys doing? I don't know what's in the coffee today, but the Boston Red Sox and Yankee rivalry is still the most important and most watched rivalry in all of sports. If you look at the Red Sox games this year, I bet you, willing to bet my paycheck, that the most watched Red Sox games of the year were the ones against the Yankees. Even if we're in the toilet, it's the most talked about game. I'll forever hate the Yankees, no matter what you do. We can have two wins all season. That Yankees game I'm getting up for, I'm watching it with popcorn. So I don't know about it's losing its gas. It hasn't lost any gas. It's oh, it's lost. The most- it, Dan, come on. Yeah, Dan, man, it's, Dan, it's, it's how can you say it hasn't lost any gas? Yeah, the Red Sox aren't holding up their end of the bargain. I mean, in a way, neither is New York. Well, that's right. What has it been, 10 years or, or more? I don't know. Listen, there, there is uh, – do people still care about – that's why it'll, it'll – that's why uh, Apple TV, um, ESPN – uh, Fox will snatch up the, the 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 Yankees and Red Sox game because of the nostalgia that exists with it today, but it's not nearly as volatile or uh, I don't know. Um, it's not toxic as like the Dodgers and uh, San Francisco, the well, Giants. Okay, they still get in the fights in, in stands there, or even like the San Diego Padres in a way started kind of mixing it up with the with the Dodgers. But it's the Dodgers, and everybody's chasing the Dodgers. Nobody's chasing the Red Sox, and nobody's chasing the Yankees. So I just did a uh, quick Google search on the whole ratings, right? All right. Now, a little perspective. Uh, Red Sox, 3-2 extra innings victory over the Yankees on June 11th, delivered the largest average audience of the 2023 ESPN Sunday Night Baseball season. The game averaged nearly 2 million viewers, 1,942,000, and peaked in the closing minutes with 2.5 million viewers, according to Nielsen. That was a high watermark. That's what Monday Night Raw does on a bad Monday. About 2 million people. That's or around 1.9, right around there. So this hot rivalry did as many people on national television watching as professional wrestling. Yeah, I, I I don't see it. I mean I don't see it at all. To me it's uh it's uh the games have to have some sort of meaning. Somebody has to be almost like not punished, but like they need to somehow have some sort of painful experience with it. 
It, it's never going to be the same. Can it be just as good? Sure. But there's no way it's going to be the same. You, you don't have, you don't, first of all, you don't have the personality on your team right now. You don't have the Pedro Martinez. You don't have all those other high end, chippy, just, you know, just, you know, dudes on your team. And you don't have a history of losing. Last week, Raw did 1.910 million average for their three hours. I didn't realize that made that, that, so the supposed best rivalry in baseball does 2 million people on national television. That's either an indictment of the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry or baseball in general or maybe a little bit for all three. It just doesn't feel like – it felt like Red Sox-Yankees was more 5 million people, bars filled, people hanging on every pitch. Maybe in October when they're both good. Maybe the last series of a regular season to get, you know, first place in the division or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that just doesn't – the last time the game – they had a game of any relevance. So that was 2021. Who is? 2021 right? wild card yeah. game did 7.7 million viewers. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Again, that was a, that was wild card. Now, right? granted, I mean, that was a, a wild card game, but still, I mean, it, 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 that's stakes. That, okay. But, stakes. Right. So that does change things. But if that rivalry's hot, you're getting half that audience during the regular season. I bet you we, I bet you if we look back, Five years even, like before the pandemic, uh, just in terms of how some of those ratings for these two might go. I feel like we have shifted away from rivalries, and it's more about the superstar. Hey, I don't like LeBron. I don't like Embiid. I don't like, for a period of time, for Bruins fans, F Max Pacioretty, you know? There'd be certain people you're just like, screw you, uh, that's where I feel like the rivalry is. That for a lot of fans now, it's much more, it's the teams in the playoffs. And then, but before that, it it's uh, superstars. Your thoughts on this? Uh, 3-7-93-7, you can uh, text us. And of course, you can hit us up on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Boston W-E-E-I. I implore you to subscribe to the Gresh and Fourier podcast. Billy Landed has great work getting all that stuff put together. And why wouldn't you reward Billy with a download? You love Billy and his <laughs> Reward him ways. with a download. That's right. He's Sounds putting so in the dirty. work. Oh, there you go. Ooh, That's right. You want to give me a download? Come on. If Billy takes his top off, would you download I'll direct it? you to my OnlyFans page. Oh, Good job. That's right. What is it? Uh, hammer uh, and hammer? It's, uh, what cereal is in my <laughs> belly button today? Ooh, I like it. You can put a plum. What pull of cereal am I turning my <laughs> belly button into? You can put a plum. Uh, you pulled out a plum. My God, what is going on? Uh, but subscribe to the Gresh and Fourier podcast. Download it to the device of your choice. Well, well, well. Maybe the guy sitting to my left might be leaving the chair. Because a multi-million dollar head coaching opportunity is here in the backyard. Is Fourier a candidate for the crappy BC job? We'll get to that next. Now, back to the guys. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Off for a second there, I thought that's what uh, the Greg Hill car would sound like on the way to Loon. Just, except it's fat. Rick Spielman at 12.30 from the Senior Bowl, former longtime general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, including the guy who signed Jermaine Wiggins. That's right. Forgot yeah. about that. Wiggy that's was, right. Wiggy was like, that's my guy. That's right. He saw something in you, Wiggs. 
He saw something in it, but he wasn't really ready to commit full time. That's the problem. That's what it was. A little nickel and diamond him. Got a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah, but he, so he's at the uh, Senior Bowl right now. So the first practice is going on. He's going to join us at 1230 uh, in between practices. Uh, so uh, Jeff Halfley is no longer hot for college football. Uh, the Boston College head coach yesterday up and said, nope, I'm out of here. Uh, Jeff Halfley was making about $3 million bucks or a little more over at BC. I'm assuming he'll get similar money to be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. When do you leave this show for your interview <laughs> with BC? <laughs> now, never. Let me tell you, um, I've had some conversation with, with Halfley over the years since he's been here. We had him on the show. Um, and when I would talk to him, I, the one thing I would say is, why the hell are you coaching college football? Like, I mean, it must be the worst job in the world, uh, and it's even worse at BC. It's worse. It's a horrible, horrible job. I, I mean, you it's hate, a terrible job. You hate to say it because you can make some money, but you cannot win at a high level at BC. Nope. I mean, listen, uh, winning at a high level for Sorry, them. Sorry, Courtney. No, w- winning at a high level for them is just sneaking into a, a crappy bowl game in, in mid to late December. Seven that's when five, you know. Here's the military bowl. Yeah, and it's some crappy city that's not even warm, and your players don't even have, like, they can't even really let their hair down. Oh, you're playing in Fenway Park. Like, that's a real reward for the, for the team. <laughs> hey, let's go back of like 10 miles and like and playing at a football field that's not going to have an end zone in one of them. I mean, good for him. Good for him. Get the hell out. Well, I think Jeff Halfley is uh, one of many college coaches who is kind of reading the landscape and just sees trouble afoot. The NCAA, relative to their relationship with uh, college football, there ain't much. I mean, really, the conferences run college football. And uh, NIL is out of control. This was from a podcast with a a dude I know, Adam Brenneman. Used to be a tight end at Penn State. Was at UMass for a minute. Did some stuff in the college football world and does a, a really good podcast now. He sat down with Halfley last week at BC. Big BC logo and all that stuff. And this was Halfley telling Breno how terrible the job is now in dealing with NIL. We just need more rules, right? What am I seeing? I'm seeing everything that you just talked about. Yeah. Players are getting paid a lot of money. Tampering is going on. And then there's those that are following whatever rules that are there to the best that they can. Yeah. I don't think the intent was... I'm all for I'm all for players getting paid. I am. I, I, I think it's great. That with the portal together is a complete disaster, which I think everybody has mm-hmm. said. But there just needs to be rules, and there needs to be. I mean, look at the NFL. Everybody, you got a salary cap. You can use X amount of money, um, and there's some parity there. I just we're going down a road where there's going to be more imbalance than ever. And that's the problem. You're getting some teams that can really, really pull away. And then you're getting some teams that you've seen over the last few years have had a lot of success, and you're going to start to see them fall off. And it's yeah. not not because of lack of coaching, and it's not because of a lack of effort, but it's because what others are doing, it's just you're not on the same playing field. You're not yeah. playing in the same sandbox as some of those other teams. People are always going to have an advantage. Mm-hmm. I got it. I totally get it, and I respect that. But if you're going to have some teams with a $12 million salary cap <laughs> and some teams with a 
$1 million salary cap. It's hard to play money ball in football. In, co- in college football. In college that, football. It, it beats, That's right. And it is interesting. And the biggest, one of the biggest problems I think he had, first of all, kudos to him for finding a way to keep Zay Flowers one more year. Unbelievable. Because I know for a fact that was, that other coaches were calling him either during the season or during the offseason, and they do this throughout the country. Coach, it's amazing. Like in the NFL, in any pro sport, tampering is not allowed. I put all this time and effort. I recruit this guy. He decides to come to the school. And then uh, a month later, another coach can DM him, text him, call his parents and say, you know what? We heard he's not happy. Actually, we heard he's really happy, but we got a better opportunity for him. Can you ask him if he's willing to leave? They can call him direct directly. You can literally just – the coach from the University of Miami can mm-hmm. call up Zay Flowers and say – I got $2 million for you. Is that there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. And that's BC. They don't have any money. And the other thing is, that the crazy thing about them is they have no money. And if they do find a diamond in a rough, like imagine if Luke Keekley. Oh, my God. Okay. Who was some, you know, I forget. He was from the, well, it was like Pennsylvania or something like that. Yeah, he's a PA playing, guy. Yeah, playing like safety. I think. They find him. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And he becomes this ultra stud. They get lucky. Can you imagine, like, if that was now, how quickly he would be poached from another team? Here's $5 million. And he doesn't have a chance to win. And the expectations at BC are ridiculous. Well, and that's the other problem with Boston College is uh, you can't want to be Stanford and Duke Monday through Friday and Alabama and Auburn on Saturday and Sunday. And and by the way, I disagree with you on something. Hmm. They got money. Oh, no. Okay. BC, well, Harvard has money. BC. Okay. Yeah, that's right. BC has money. But they're not going to put it into keeping, you know, the left tackle or whatever. You know, unless you have some leverage over there as a player, somebody, as you said, is calling trying to poach you. You know, how how do you move the needle over there to end up getting paid? Whereas some kids just pick the right school and you're automatically going to get bare minimum like a hundred grand a year because you're one of the top 80 players on a program that's funded by some old Yeah, I just think it's funny that, that, uh, that, uh, BC has standards, right? You know, cause you're right. They got a lot of money. Can you imagine if the Ivy league schools were allowed to create some sort of collective? Okay, because the endowments at these Ivy League schools are ridiculous. Hey, can we just peel off like just like maybe fifty million? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the teams that those guys would feel? Yeah, we don't give any scholarships, but we're going to pay you two million dollars to play for us, you know. And so it doesn't matter. Um, but the biggest question, the biggest question, and it's somewhat just you know random, is why wouldn't Bill take this job? Stop it. That that was Tom Coughlin coached there. That's like he was six, successful. He, yeah, in the nineties. There is a big difference. You know, when when Boston College on February fourth called Newport Creamery in Westerly, Rhode Island, wondering if uh, you know, some guy that worked there had committed and said, Yeah, yeah, committed a while ago. Uh, it wasn't that kind of poaching going on now. Tom Coughlin <laughs> pulls freaking hair out. Mike Vrabel wouldn't even take no, this job. No. Can you imagine, like, so if, if Bill, so let's just say they were like, oh, let's just kind of see if he's even, would even consider thinking about considering it. The first thing he would do was like, dude, I just talked to my boy Nick, and Nick was like, dude, not a chance. And imagine Nick Saban had the ultimate, 
situation. It's so bad in college that guys that are head coaches running their program yeah. rather take a lesser job with less responsibility and notoriety than be the head coach of a Power 5 school. The coordinators at Alabama are two group of five head coaches. A guy left Buffalo and a guy left South Alabama to go be Kalen DeBoer's new coordinators at Alabama for more than double the money. And they're guys who work their whole life to get a five-year run as a head coach, even at a South Alabama or a Buffalo. And now those guys are like, eh, maybe there's a different way to live life. This NIL thing and the lack of rules, Charlie Baker, get on it, is just going to send college football into what it really is, See, which is it, it, the, the real XFL is college football. Yeah, it really is. So, so, and the thing about Halfley, which I think is interesting, is nobody's ripping him for this because oh God, it's no. pretty late in the in the like. Listen, this all the guys are back. Um, this hiring cycle has kind of already ended with our college coaches, and we know it's coming. There's only one team left in the pro and pro football, so there's like you're either hiring from within, or you're grabbing some guy who's on TV right now has nothing else to do, and it's willing to just hey keep the staff the way it is, keep everybody on salary. I'll come on, I'll come in and take over. If this happened three weeks ago, Bill O'Brien might be the head. Coach oh, that's up right. There. Or the guy that was at Holy Cross. Oh, uh, Bob Chesney. Yeah, who took the JMU who, job. Who has already said he's going to stay at JMU. Uh, now, again, it'd be more money up here, but he hates to say it. JMU's a better job. Win the Sun Belt. This BC job is such a nightmare. It is. It very much is. We actually got a Jack in the car wants to talk about it. We got Mark. We got Phil talking rivalries in a little BC. We'll get to that. And Draymond Green. Draymond and again. We'll get to all that with you next.